Hey guys, welcome to Right Way, a podcast where we give you insight to make informed decisions about your writing career. I'm your host, Rhea Fry, multi-published author and CEO and founder of Right Way. And I'm Joe Tower, writer, media producer, and Right Way's executive editor. On this podcast, Rhea and I will take an inside look at the publishing industry with honest and straightforward shop talk. So when you do get published, you'll know exactly what to do the right way. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Right Way Podcast. We were... We're working through some technical difficulties here. Um, this is the last one of April as we roll into summer. Um, and Rhea and I wanted to um, close out the month with uh, something a little different. We, we're going to talk today, Rhea and I, and to you, about the concept of writing and self-doubt. <laughs> uh, which I feel like uh, go hand in hand, don't they? More than almost seriously, more. they're like synonymous. More than any other profession, I feel like this one is riddled with self-doubt, stagnation, inconsistency, uncertainty, overwhelm, um, almost more than any other art. And we've alluded to it uh, in the past about, you know, this, this profession being one where you actively kind of avoid doing the thing that you know you need to do. And you know, Joe and I have been on all sides of this, and I don't care if you're a veteran writer or just starting out, you constantly come face to face with self-doubt, I think, every time you sit down to create. Um, but the step one is actually sitting down to create. I think the self-doubt kind of like, for me in particular, kind of keeps me from doing that as consistently as I need to. I mean, that's it. And you know, it's interesting because when we talk about like self-doubt as like a byproduct of uh, like, you you know, like you were saying, like uncertainty or unpredictability or, or any kind of like, or a rejection. um, It's not just like the, I I mean, obviously the external stuff is like the external, those external influences are good, um, are good conductor but like it's also just like shit that comes from within i mean you can be a writer and never have had any exposure to the industry and you can sit at your desk in the middle of the night and write and doubt yourself oh my gosh um (laughs) yeah completely you know and i was actually just finished a book last night by sophie kinsella who was like the shopaholic you know series um and i never really read any of her stuff but one of our guests, actually, I think it was Allison Hammer, who was like, oh, you should, you know, give her another try. So I was reading this book and in the book, this character is, she's just kind of flighty and all over the place and wants to do a million different things, but she's always wanted to write a novel. So she kind of starts and stops, but then takes six months out of her life, goes to Italy of all places and writes this novel and a literary agent just happens to be there and pays her enough, like gets her a deal, represents her, gets her a deal where it's enough money where she can quit her job. And then they want to give her another book deal and give her more money. And I think that reading things like that or hearing real stories about successes like that make it feel almost completely unattainable or idyllic in some way or romanticized it makes where, me resentful too. <laughs> yeah, it makes it makes me totally resentful. I'm like, that's never been my experience. I mean, I think it's every writer's experience or every writer's wish 
to want to make enough where you can just like quit your job and your, your book's going to be a giant success instead of feeling like you're having to trudge through the trenches, not only to even get a story down on paper, but then the what's next steps, whether you're self-publishing, hybrid publishing, traditional publishing, trying to get an agent, trying to build your career. It is so... (laughs) not only so hard and so exhausting, but when we constantly hear from our favorite authors or if you follow them or, you know, see interviews with them, it feels very unattainable or like it's this success is really saved for these elite few who must have done something differently than you, who must not ever doubt themselves in any capacity. And that's just simply untrue. I think we all we all doubt ourselves, but it's it's really the ones who wade through that and face it head on who are the most successful in actually creating art, which is kind of the whole right, point. Right. And you know, I, I I mean I think it's interesting to ask the question. And I for those of you that thought you were gonna tune into this podcast and get a list of ways to combat self-doubt. I'm sorry to tell you that you've come to the wrong episode. <laughs> um, but I, you know, there doesn't seem, especially because I always think about the beginning stages of the game, or um, you know, uh, burgeoning writers who maybe have had those few fleeting encounters with success, or are still kind of like in the trenches. Like, what is there to do? But work through it despite the doubt, like. As a solution. I mean, really, I can't think of anything like, okay, we can talk about mindset. We can talk about scheduling your writing day. We can talk about treating, you know, even if you're not published, treating writing as a profession and make sure, making sure that you get up at nine and you sit down and you light your candle and you do your meditation. And all of that is great. And I think all of that is true. And, you know, who's uh, writers who said, like, even if you sit down and write one word, that's writing or writers that get do five pages or they do word counts or whatever. All of that is great. But that is somehow, it's trying to skip over the actual part where you're like, I'm a fucking fraud (laughs) or I'm not good enough for this or I, this will never be, the end product will never, that's my problem, I think, is like, I, I, every, at every stage of the game, I'm just like, the end product is never going to be as good as I want it to be um, or, or, or good in compared to what's already out there. Well, and I mean, that's just the truth of every writer's brain, I think. I mean, that <laughs> right. it doesn't matter if you right. think that way and never try to get published or you think that way and you do get published, you're still going to feel the same way. And, you know, it's very interesting just from a, a personal standpoint. I've never been a highly insecure person and... I don't think that's something that's really talked about, but I had a lot of confidence in myself my whole life. Like ever since I was a child, I really believed in myself. Even when I, I mean, I was mercilessly, mercilessly made fun of throughout. I mean, I've got some stories that are just like ridiculous, but I got made fun of for not being, you know, quote unquote fat, which I hate that word, or, you know, for my looks or anything like that. I got made fun of for my name. So like people would just make fun of my name. I got made fun of for being smart. I got made fun of for being a teacher's pet. I got made fun of for like being able to do gymnastics, like at recess. Can't I just, win, oh man. no, you can't, you win. can't win. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> so I decided like, oh, 
if I am, you know, putting my self-worth, even though I didn't know what that word really meant, on other people to make me feel good as a kid, I'm never going to like, I'm just never going to win. So I was very internal and really believed in myself and always kind of thought that I was a decent writer, even though I didn't know that that's what I wanted to do. And I, it wasn't until I tried to get published and then really put my work out there that I actually started to doubt myself completely. And because it was my, my, my abilities as a writer started to hinge on sales or started to hinge on, you know, just success instead of, instead of just writing. And so it's been a really interesting lens to look through where I think I was a lot more confident before I became published and, you know, I'm at a really big crossroads in my career and trying to figure out like how to reinvent myself and what I'm doing next. And I've had some really odd internal conversations with my team that were, I've, I've had like, now I've started to doubt myself. Like, I don't, am I like, what am I doing? Am I a good writer? Am I worthy of this? Do I want to do this? And then I, I, I use my work, our work at right way and all the things that I have to do at home or with my daughter or with life as an excuse as to why I don't sit down every single day and write. And I think the only way to truly combat like self-doubt is, is to actually act. I mean, massive action, I think is the only way. And it's not going to it's not going to take it away, but it's going to help you move through it instead of just being paralyzed. Well, can I ask, do you think that was the, like, what was different about the first book? What was different about writing the process of writing and getting, uh, not her daughter out there? Like we, and we've talked about it before. We've talked about kind of the genesis of that book and the process through like that you went through writing it, but was there something different there? Cause it feels like that book kind of like poured out of you. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, my real first book was when I was 22 and I was so excited about that book. And I mean, I was like, this book, this book is going to be so great. And my publishing experience was so disappointing that, yeah, I didn't write a word of fiction for well over a decade because I was so burned by that experience that I was like, I suck as a fiction writer. So who am I? But it's really always, I always wanted to return to it. And I should have been riddled with self-doubt when I sat down to write Not Her Daughter because I just, I had not written any fiction. It had just been all nonfiction, all business type writing, all like copywriting, just various types of writing that, that wasn't that. But I think the difference was I had so much fun and there was no pressure and I was doing something different. I think I was so bored of like my life and like the same patterns and just the excuses I was making for not writing the story that I had read. I think it was Elizabeth Gilbert who was writing about, she had an idea for a book and she just kept putting it off, putting it off. And then someone else ended up publishing like her book, essentially, it was this exact same idea that ended up coming out. And it was that concept of like, if you don't write this, someone else will. And I think I got really greedy and like possessive about this story. And good motivator, good. Yeah, Yeah. wanted to just wanted to put it out. And I, again, yeah, I've talked about it a lot, but I had not even a, a, 
inkling of self-doubt during that process. I just was like, I'm going to get, I'm going to get represented by an agent. I'm going to publish this book. And I did not allow myself to look at stats, like look at disappointment. It's, it's much how I feel about the news or media or fear tactics, like scare tactics and and spreading fear. I don't buy into that because I don't feel that that is true for me. I don't think that's factual and that's not the way I want to live my life. So I was like, okay, you know, sure, I could do this and it not work out, but why don't I like believe in myself enough to pretend and imagine what it's going to be like when it does work out? And I think, you know, that's easy to say on the other side of it because I'm published and there's so many writers who would give anything to have a traditional book deal. But I don't know. I mean, I think it's, it's not, this is not reserved for like the chosen few. I think the writers who have put themselves out there continually and gotten rejected are the real unsung heroes and are actually the ones who are the most prolific and who sit down again and again and again and don't give up. Like, I think there are a lot of people out there who've gotten published, who've had massive success and then didn't with like, you know, their second or third books. And then they kind of just like disappeared. And it's just a very, I think there's, it's just a very personal industry and a very personal profession. And you have to stop looking at, what everyone else is doing and stop wasting time on your fucking phone and (laughs) stop like scrolling and, and filling your time with all of these things where you could be carving 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour to sit down and push through that self-doubt and get your book written. If you want to write a book, you will find a way to write it if you want it bad enough. I really believe that. I know that's so cliche. It's so cliche to say. But. No, but I think I, I think it's true. And I think, I do think like it becomes harder and harder the more you're exposed to tune out all of the noise, right? There's just I mean, so much noise. That is, that is the truth. But like, I, I can think back to like, I think when I started really writing and, and I think the only time maybe in writing where I've truly enjoyed it and it truly felt free. And of course I look back at that work now and I'm like, Holy shit, this was bad. But, uh, regardless of that, like the process was for me was the best, but the moment I started wanting to be, you know, and I was, I think I was young and male and white enough where I was like not capable or original enough to discover my own journey. I was looking at other people going like, well, I want that journey. Like I want to do that. hundred percent. And we, we talk about that all the time, like defining really early on what success looks like for you, what your big why is, why you're doing this anyway. And I feel like for most of us, if we hadn't heard over and over and over again, that the New York Times is the pinnacle for success. And you're not really a successful author unless you hit that list or you're recognized by Oprah or, you know, something really big that we've heard over and over again. I don't think any of us would like set our bars quite (laughs) that high. And we would be like used to, it would just be so amazing to be published, to have a published book out in the world in any capacity, like what an achievement, right? Grateful for that and that alone, right? But now it's like, 
Anyone can have a book. Anyone can be an expert. Anyone can be a TEDx speaker. Anyone can have a seven-figure business. It's just the bar has gotten raised so high that it almost feels like, eh, like what does it matter to me? And that's actually what you need to figure out is, yeah, what does it matter to you? Like what does <laughs> does this? That's it, it. What a great fucking point. I mean, it's, it's uh, true though. And I look at you. Okay, so you have always wanted to have a book out in the world. And a couple of months ago you sat down and you got through this draft. Like you, it kind of, again, poured out of you. You really worked so hard with it. And then we're going to revise it and pitch it. And like what happened? The same shit that you were talking about, just like using everything else as an excuse. And I think we talked about it while I was in the process of it. I, you know, and, and we said it, like we always talk about how hard it is between you and I to like keep up with our personal creative endeavors when we're, we're helping our clients work. And that's a great scapegoat and everything else is a great scapegoat and any of my obligations to family or like, uh, or like wellness and like, Oh, I gotta, like, gotta go on a hike, go on a, gotta go on a walk, gotta do this. But like for that month that I wrote that draft, I needed what ended up being like two hours a day and I fucking found it. And what happened is, is that the old, that the same old pattern, like the reptilian brain, like clicked right back in after it was all over. And the self doubt like started taking over. Um, and a little, probably a little bit of like either, you know, laziness or whatever. And that's the beginning. That's where it starts. That's what keeps me out of the writer's chair to begin to begin with. But like, trying to go back to the gym after Thanksgiving or Christmas where I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to do sit-ups. Cause I, I like, I, I don't like, I don't even want to be seen at a gym in this state. Like shame starts to is what ends up keeping me out of what's so interesting. Off, right. Off, off the, of computer, the computer, because what's so interesting is like when we compare it to meditating every day, exercising every day, those you see results from like you see physical results from your effort. Whereas with a book, it could be months and months and months and months of writing, of rewriting, of reworking, then months and months and months of pitching. And then if you don't get favorable results, you're like, it, it almost feels indulgent. Like writing is just this indulgent thing that we, that we do. Hey guys, this is Joe. I apologize for the interruption. I just wanted to step in here on this episode real quick to talk about Trey Williams. Now, Trey is a client at Brightway. He's a friend and he's a writer, speaker, and former CEO and the author of a book called Boss Brain that's in the last week of a pre-order drive with the publishing fundraiser site, Publishizer. Now, Trey's on a mission to rescue 1 million would-be entrepreneurs from conventional employment in this country. And the book is an unconventional and incisive look into the culture of entrepreneurship in the United States and abroad, but also a careful examination of mankind's natural instincts to excel as entrepreneurs based on critical evidence laced in our evolution and history. Basically, what Trey wants everyone to know is that the ability to be an entrepreneur already exists within you, and he wants to teach you how to unlock it. Now, Trey canceled his original publishing contract when he felt it wasn't right, and Publishizer has proved a useful tool and platform for him and his book. His goal is to sell 2,000 pre-orders. And at that point, he will be able to choose the right publisher from among dozens who will recognize that 2,000 copies is just the beginning for a book that we really need right now. 
So if you could go to www.treywilliams.com, that's T-R-A-W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S.com, you can learn more about the man, the mission, and the book. And then if you can, click on one of the red pre-order Boss Brain buttons. It'll take you to Publishizer. You can order the book. And Trey has some great bonuses that he's offering for uh, ordering multiple copies. You're just not going to regret discovering what this book has to show you. It's timely, thought-provoking, and will be an inspiration for any of you that have ever felt the aspirational inclination to try and succeed on your own steam. That's treywilliams.com. Visit it. Buy the book. Help it out. Help us out. Um, And uh, now, back to the episode. And you got to keep looking at it, right? Like I was talking to one of our clients the other day. Uh, we're working through a, a kind of a large scale project, um, like a kind of nonfiction fiction hybrid about World War One and his father. And he was saying, you know, we've got, you know, we're at, oh, way over halfway through and we're it's it's there's a lot of shit there. And he was saying the other day on one of our calls, he was like, I look at it and I don't even see anything anymore. And I think that's that's another problem is like depending on how how you labor over the thing. And I think self-doubt creates, you know, we talk about it all the time, like obsessive editing or obsessive rewriting. Like I I am so susceptible to getting stuck in just editing like the same fucking 50 pages again and again and again. And we've got a great, we're going to have a great episode coming up here in the next uh, couple months, a great interview with a wonderful guest. And I think we've mentioned, we've mentioned this interview before, but she was the first person to kind of talk about the fast draft, which is just like blowing through that fucking thing, no matter what, good or bad. And I think, man, I, even though I've, I've done it and even though I like the premise, I, I, it's, a, it's a very difficult thing for me to do because I get, I get caught. Oh, in. it's so difficult. And I'm just impatient. I mean, like as we're talking about this, wh- when we're recording this now, my palms I, are sweating. Is that? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have four, well, almost four partials out on submission right now because I am so terrified of becoming irrelevant or not selling the next thing that I didn't take the time to sit down and actually write through an entire draft. I was like, yeah, 80 to 100 pages, that's good enough to like try to sell, even though I know logically that it's harder to sell a partial, even as an established writer with a track record. And I think for me, it's always been, that was the difference with Not Her Daughter. I loved that book so much that I didn't want to stop writing it. I. I didn't want to like, I don't know. I didn't want to, I didn't want to click the end. I didn't want to let go of it at all. And to be honest with you, except with the exception of this, this upcoming release secrets of our house, I really do love this book as well, but I, you have to, I think during the process to get over self doubt for me, not that this is like practical solutions to get over it, but I think you have to really have fun and love what you're writing about and, and love, like not, not get emotional about it. Cause I think we can always get too precious about our work. But for me, like when I write and I really get into it, I'm in a total flow state and I notice that I have started to resist. Like I have my copy edits back, for instance, for secrets of our house. I haven't looked at that book in months and months and months. And I've been actively 
resisting the process because once I sit down with it, I'll become really engrossed in it. And then it's just like with writing, like if I resist it and then I sit down and I do my 3000 words every day, I become so obsessed with it that it's all I want to do. And I, I'm like, oh, but I can't, you know, I, and then I start going down that rabbit hole. Like, why can't I just be a fucking writer? Oh my God. And like, <laughs> I've got, I've got like so much other, you know, things to do. And I love our business. And what a, you know, what it's, a, it's, what a this, tragic, nightmarish and traumatic question. Why can't I just, why be a can't writer? I just be a writer and get, <sighs> yeah. And like make a, make a living at it. I mean, there was a series of time where I, um, I only like was writing and, and it was a very short period of time. I was published and the cards all fell where I was making enough money and Alex was, you know, he had a double W2 job and like very secure and oh my God, it was the most like amazing experience. I was not stressed. I had all the time in the day. I'm a fast writer. So yeah, it was like two hours of writing a day and then just freedom, like (laughs) to move my body, to spend time with my family. And, you know, but, but I, you know, every, that's the thing. Like we look at everybody, how is everybody else doing it? How is so-and-so doing it? Like, even when we interview, you know, huge writers, I'm like, oh my God, you're a full-time writer. Like, tell me about that. And it's the same thing. So many writers, they don't write every day or, or maybe they do. And, but that's not you, you know what I mean? Like you've got to figure out what your demons are, what your best, you know, method is for dealing with self-doubt, dealing with consistency and sitting down to actually get the book done. I mean, well, I think this is a great, like you've made this great point about, you know, if like in terms of this being an episode about solutions to combat self-doubt, Maybe there's not, and maybe it is just about working through it, but I think it's such, I'm so glad you brought it up because we did, we also had an interview the other day uh, with a really prominent author who, who, who did say this. And I think it's a great reminder is that outside of not, if you want to write a book outside of not writing at all, what, however you got to do it and whatever way you got to do it is the way that you should do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. The only thing you should not do is not write if you want to write a book. And how many- I should take my well, own advice. Well, that's what I was about to say. I was like, how many times have we, it's like a cycle. I mean, you return, like I'm the worst at implementing consistent new habits that stay for the long haul, except with the exception of this last year- I've wanted to meditate my whole life. Never have. I've wanted, I didn't even really know much about breath work and I, I wanted to do that. I wanted to really focus on recovery and moving my body in different ways. And I have managed to make that part of my daily life in a non-negotiable way, no matter what, but sitting my ass down before I get into client work, before I check a sauna, before I have calls for the day and I will just fill my time with other things versus sitting down. And for me, I've really figured out that's not self-doubt. That's actually like I'm self-sabotage. So, it was self-sabotage. Yes. And I'm so used to having a deadline that because I'm now going to be out of contract and we're shopping some different things, I'm like, well, I don't really want to sit down and, and do this whole thing unless I'm getting paid to do it. Isn't that terrible? 
<laughs> no, I think, yeah, no, I, I don't think it's terrible. I think it's w- how a mind reacts to shit sometimes. Well, I think it's become a job f- for me as well. It's not, it's no longer a passion project. Well, and it's let's this- face it, it has in certain regards, like, especially like concerning you fulfilling your very, I think you have a very writerly spirit. Like every time we've ever talked, throughout all the time we've known each other you always I'm like, talk about I'm how- not writing fiction ever again <laughs> you, but you love books and you love reading and you love you do love writing I love it um and and so I think you have this very writerly spirit and I think there's a lot of stuff about your career and I think there's a lot of stuff the commercialization in the publishing industry I think can prevent writers with writerly spirits n- from writing the shit they that satisfies that spirit. A hundred percent. And you know, that's why I love our company because I get to like right now I'm working on, it's so funny. Like I just had this mind blowing psychic reading that we won't even talk about on this podcast. <laughs> We've talked but, a lot about yeah, it. Yes, we have. We won't but then, then I got, I like attracted two psychic intuitive um, clients and I'm working on their book proposals. And I always attract the type of clients in, in the subject matters that I'm really, really interested in. And so for me, my love of writing also extends to working on these client, on our client book proposals and their sample chapters. And like, I, I do write every single day. It's just not always on my own material. And I think I'm really learning to, to see that like, oh, I'm still being creative and I'm still flexing that muscle, but it's also in helping other people and not necessarily just working on what I want to work on. But, and I'm okay with that. I mean, the psychic told me I would always be doing two things. I would always be multitasking. (laughs) So I was like, okay, okay, that's fine. But for you, let's pivot this back to you. Like you have this, that because you don't talk about yourself and you need to more, um, you have this goal and the only one, like, I'm like, yeah, I know exactly who to pitch you to. Let's do this. Like you, you have, we have the relationships, the foundation, you're a fantastic writer. We can knock out the query letter, get it out there. And what is stopping you from doing that? Well, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so answer that answer that question oh my god isn't our is our time up is our is it no no well legitimately like i think it's self it's it's self-doubt and i think like you know yes i but about what you're such a well, good the, writer the hilarious thing is is i think that when i first started writing in my 20s um obviously like a novel like having a book was always i mean if you start writing like a book is the goal right And subsequently, like even within fiction writing, I kind of was able to kind of talk myself out of it. And I repeat, I I continued to talk myself out of writing a novel and talked myself out of writing uh, writing a number of other things. Um, And I did find a lot of success in other places, writing, still writing, but Never that. I've always kind of like got myself away from that. And I think it's, I think ultimately because it's something that I really want and it's something that I really want to be good. And I'm, I, I'm afraid that it won't be. And I think now, 20 years later, after I started, I'm so ashamed that I didn't do it right then that it 
kind of prohibits me. It's, it's keeping, it's, I've got a, it's like, I got a fucking Thanksgiving belly and it's keeping me out of the gym. (laughs) Well, but it's funny what you just said about the book being like, it's the thing. Like if you're going to write, it's the thing. And it's like, that's kind of the same thing as with being successful and hitting a list or being picked up by a big book club. It's like, is that really what you want deep down the book or is that what you've been taught that that's the pinnacle of success to have a novel published well and is our is our the way that our certain things are structured like the way that you know college or graduate degree programs are structured or the way the industry presents itself to us or what you know writing like with industries, with arts industries, writing ceases to be writing or music or film or, or, or anything like that kind of on a mainstream level cease to be important onto themselves. This kind of status thing becomes more important. And I think I, I was at a probably impressionable age and I was, you know, we were talking about like feeling that competition or feeling like you want somebody else's path and I think I wanted to be a writer more than I wanted to write. Ooh, and yeah. I think you got to figure out that order because I think it's really hard to be a writer if you don't want to write first. God, and I know so many and writers. I think that's my biggest. So problem. many writers. We just interviewed a writer who's like, I hate writing. Like she likes revising, but there's so many writers who like actually don't enjoy writing, and then there's so many unpublished writers I know who love writing and are just as content to like toil away at uh, like book after book after book and sometimes try to pitch it sometimes not. And I think that like, it's really about the spirit of being a writer versus the result of it. And I mean, I think in, in our achievement, hungry accomplishment, doing, doing, doing society, you know, that we're, you are not recognized as a writer, as an, you know, a successful writer until you have like a big name behind you or until you've done something great. But like, even though I've, I'm like, oh, I'm with the big five or now I guess the big four and all of that, like, I still don't feel successful. And I'm like, when is it enough? And I think that's universal. I don't think it's ever it's ever enough. No, I think it is too. But think about think about all of like I there's something tragic about being creatives also because you think about all of the some of the greatest some of my favorite writers in history who are considered like some of the most important writers in history found no success in their lifetime. And the the yes, and the unfortunate part is I look at that and I'm like, "Well, I don't want to I want to have the success in the lifetime. But now it's But is that the right I, viewpoint? Is it shouldn't I just want to write well, this Well, but but I don't um, think we live in a, I mean all of our literary heroes I think we share a, a lot. I mean, it used to be like literally writing and walking through the woods and <laughs> sitting by candlelight and you know the the life like their lifestyle was so stripped down and they like wrote to survive. They wrote to like emote and express themselves. And now it's like, I think a lot of people who'd really love to write a book instead spill their guts out writing like micro blogs on Instagram and responding to their followers and building a business and 
you know, like not to, I mean, there's just, it's so much more that goes into writing now, if, if you want to be six, you know, quote unquote successful than, than just writing. And it, I think it's all that other stuff and having to pick a path and having to figure out how you're going to like writing the book is the least of it. Like who's going to buy it and how are you going to put it out there? And who's going to, it's so much that I think it's so easy, much like the music industry or being an actor. It's, there's so much to kind of wade through that it almost feels like, ah, what's the point? Does the world really need my voice or one more story? Or yeah, you start to look at the stats. You start to look at how many books are published. You start to look at how hard it is to land, you know, an agent or a book deal. And I think it's very easy to just be riddled with insecurity instead of just sitting down to, to create something because you, you have to, because it's, it's part of, of who you are. Um, and you know, I'm not really, I don't really know in this day and age, like the best way to combat that. I mean, I know a lot of people do go away <laughs> on like retreats or they strip back everything, but I think the real magic is, is figuring out how to do what you love. If you love to do it consistently enough so that you start to, really see the results in ways that matter to you and not in the ways that say something of importance to the world. Um, I think you've got to like impress yourself first and focus on, on why you're doing it in the first place. And it can't be for recognition. It just can't be. Cue, cue the music that, uh, what <laughs> so I guess like, yeah, I guess for those of you that so we're all fucked, listeners. We're all fucked. Well, hey, listen. I mean, like, so you're all very welcome for all of that. Like, uh, <laughs> but also thank you for listening. And, you know, um, if you are out there working on a book and you're plagued by self-doubt, just know, just listen to this podcast and know that None of us are untouched. And there are so many great, we're actually having someone on the podcast named Bill Knauer, who's amazing. He actually just wrote a book on self-doubt and moving through that as a writer. Stephen Pressfield is another writer that writes specifically about that. But there are so many awesome books about, you know, just embracing that part of yourself. I think that's the thing. If you don't try to get rid of it, but just embrace it like, okay, there you are, self-doubt. Like this is part of the process. But the way that you kind of deal with it is to write anyway and and really figuring out what that looks like for you, when is the best time to do it and and just making it part of your life regardless of what the result is. And I think at the end of the day, that's to me the most, just the most important thing. Thank you all for listening and have a great rest of the month of April. Absolutely. Until next time. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Right Way Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment and help us continue to deliver the content you want and need. And for more information about Right Way, visit rightwayco.com to get more info on all our editorial and developmental services and sign up for our weekly newsletter where we'll be sharing exclusive content, access to digital courses, and offering proprietary resources for aspiring and established writers. 